You're listening to Artitude, a podcast with artists created and produced by Detlef Schlick, a visual artist and ritual designer, living and loving in West Cork, and best known for his essay about the cause and effect of shamanism, art and digital culture. Working in the field of performance, photography, painting, sound, installations, and film he will dive and discover with us and a weekly creative guest into the unknown and exciting deep ocean of the creative mind. And today we dive into the unexpected and deep ocean of the creative mind together with Kenton Muschenheim. <laughs> actually, nobody knows who Kenton Muschenheim is. Uh, it is actually our, our dear, dear, uh, dear, I would say, so. Kenny Dredd. It's our yeah. dear Kenny Dredd. Kenny, thank you very much to having you in my show. Hi. Hey, this is part two. I enjoy it. It was great. I mean, I already I loved it. part one. It's, it's it's really. I mean, we we had a chat about um, Kenny's youth um, in in Washington, and um, as well about making making music in uh, listening to 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 music in the seventies eighties. Kenny is a is musician. And uh, he started with a with a with a with a, a crossover band between. What you have to help me again? That was a crossover band be between. Pretty much between punk rock and and funk music, you know, black and white, and right in the middle. But of course now uh, this style has been here forever. Thinking about groups like the Chili Peppers or the Beastie Boys, but this was sort of in the beginning of this uh pattern and it was it was so much fun uh you had in the last show you mentioned a special name gogo black funk gogo or yes because when i was living in washington dc they had a they had and they have a particular local style of funky music in the african-american or black community and in dc that is called gogo and it's it's I there's going to be links to the go go sound below, but it's it's not rap, it's not disco, it's its own style. Uh, pr pretty much uh, has m lots of percussion, drummer and maybe two or three percussions, and horn big bands, not not just a rapper and a DJ, yeah, yeah. huge bands with horns, lots yeah. of percussion, yeah. s talking chanting not yeah. exactly rapping so very specific style yeah. of D in dc and it was it was really happening when i was living there in the early 1980s it was it was a golden era and a beautiful style of music very dancing very danceable was it already hip hop hip hop was starting to come in see hip hop was beginning in new york at that time beginning to get more and more popular I was in Washington before hip hop really 
kind of came out. It was just beginning. Remember, very, very early 80s, hip-hop wouldn't have reached anywhere but kind of uh, the Bronx or, you know, certain parts of New York City. It wasn't like it is today where hip-hop is now, you know, global pop music, you know, all over the world. I I saw it grow through the 1980s. And, you know, near the end of the 80s, I saw it change the D.C. African-American or black music, more and more hip-hop style came in particularly with the rapping and then it really changed everything because um suddenly you didn't need a band anymore you just needed a deed you know a dj and a rapper that's two people much more inexpensive than a 13 or 14 or 15 piece band plus crew sure so sure. it was a big change it was a really big change it was also the change of one musical form becoming dominant not just in america but everywhere, eventually, all over the world, that's rap. I was so hip. So uh, hip hop was just starting to come in, you know. And I remember. It. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. I was just, just. Uh, uh, I always uh, I have I have a timeline in my head and I use this timeline when 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 I did certain things like I've, I used to be DJ as well in Cologne, uh, in in an uh, in an underground club, and um, for six years, and I know I I it was actually before Chili Peppers oh almost at the same time give it away give it away give it away now you know mm-hmm. uh, and especially I mean. Mother's finest, baby child, you know. That's funk. Yeah. So, but funk rock, actually. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, sure. so I, I really, I was, I was really, um, looking for bands like Mother's Finest, and I couldn't find any other band at this time, you know. So it was because I love the the mix of of rock and funk, like like they did it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it's it's what I was doing, and it, we, we had so much fun. You know, we played, my groups played on primarily on the punk or alternative white rock circuit, but we also played some of the go-go. And then it was an incredible experience to play for thousands of African-American black teenagers. I, I mean, thousands. Well. At only a few times uh, in D.C., opening up for some of the famous groups of the go-go music all right uh, and it was an incredible experience because we survived you know and the i don't think the kids the the black kids really even though like, we we thought we were playing go-go or or like a go-go yeah. with some rock it wasn't exactly their style of go-go so they just looked at us that i was actually it was crazy and i was thinking already in the first part to asking you about that how it was to uh to play as a as a um, white white musician, black music, you know. I mean, so well as uh, I as I said, the the majority of our playing was on the white circuit, because you know at that time the 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 bands that were playing the underground or punk rock or alternative rock bands, they were it was completely separate from the prim, like the go go. Uh, primary African-American 
clubs and venues in D.C. Now, that being said, there were a lot of African-American musicians on the punk scene. And the greatest punk group of all time came from D.C., which is was Bad Color, Brains. Colorfield. Was it Colors or Colorfield? I'm not sure. But um, I'm talking 80s. about, you're talking about Living Color. Living Color, yes. Yeah. So the, uh, the group that, that, there was a group that came before Living Color, all black punk group called Bad Brains. And I'll uh, put the link below. Bad Brains yeah, uh, is uh, uh. essentially the top, one of the top two or top three punk rock bands of all time. And yeah. of all history, and they're black. Similar yeah. how Jimi Hendrix, black guy on the rock scene playing the rock guitar, you know, the hard rock guitar, Bad yeah, Brains yeah, yeah. were yeah. the best of the uh, 80s style punk, what they call hardcore punk. And they came from Washington also. So my experience was interesting because we did play for all black audiences once in a while, not yeah. very much. And it wasn't. Did always- They, they, they would just look at us, I think, more with curiosity. It was just because, like, strange to them. Not, <laughs> not good, not bad, just bizarre. But there, I have to say, there were a few times when we did it, you know, because, yeah, uh, again, yeah. my groups would have been interracial bands. So there, I, I distinctly remember one gig we went, and it was pure black club, and we rocked it. And people, everyone was dancing, having a good time. Here we are, band, half pretty much half black, half white, kicking it. And it was, it was great. It was a so great I'm, experience. So I'm pro- probably the fact that, that you had at least a, a, a couple of Jamaican in, in, in your band uh, held, helped you somehow as well. That's, that's well, in, in, this, in, this group, in this group, none, nobody was from, Jam- these weren't Jamaicans in those groups that was playing on this funk circuit. None of those guys were Jamaican. That, right. was, that was a different scene. That was a different musical area. Which All was right. the reggae side? Uh, uh, okay, so that's still okay. So you see, I, I confused that. So that was that was before your reggae time. That that was really, I, mean, I think. It's I, a, no, it was, it was the same time. All, all like as I said in our first um, uh, uh, interview, these three types of music came at me all at the same time. Yeah, punk rock, which they called hardcore punk. Yeah, in America, yeah. the go-go funk in Washington. And also reggae, because there were a lot of uh, dreadlock Rasta men in, in Washington. So yeah. I was, I was, this was all coming at me at the same time. Yeah. And, there were, and there were groups that, so some of the groups were spinning together the rock and the funk, which is what you were interested in. But other groups were spinning together the rock, you know, the rock and the reggae, similar to groups like the Ruts in London and the Specials and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of mix-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I must say, uh, as as rap started, for instance, I really liked it, and especially uh, um, I was more researching as well in, in the in the socio-political uh, cultural phenomenon of rap, you know? And for me, it was totally clear that, that this was a music style just for... For people living in 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 Harlem, or 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 or, or just for for the black culture, in, instead instead fighting or rapping, you know, and so that was actually a reason why I never ever thought about that as German musician to to uh, to rap in German because I thought no, this is I leave I leave that for 
for for for for the black american culture you know because it's, it's not really my 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 right to 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 take over this genre uh, okay you know? but but look but look what subsequently happened yeah. everybody raps all over the world yeah i know thai yeah. german know. chinese indian rap is global yeah. music yeah and now so, yeah yeah you know that that's eventually it became 1000% global uh, probably and nobody know probably nobody it, knows where it comes from you know yeah sure there's kids there's kids now because remember rap has been around since 1980 heard it all around him all his life you know sure i mean i mean pro so, probably from playstation 5 or 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 a btx game or whatever you know so so i, I look i mean it's fascinating to me because uh you know speaking about my youth there in dc and this mixing of black and white music but yet i was playing it you know on for different audiences primarily the white audience but we were bringing the funk to them And then occasionally, as I was mentioning a minute ago, to some black audiences. But nowadays, there is not really a differentiation in the audience anymore. In the old, in those days, rap and funk was still primarily listened to by black music. Yeah, a lot of white people listen to by black people. But nowadays, it's completely different. The the identity, music as a social identity, is over. It's over. I, I'm just. I just tried to find an analogy if you're right or wrong. So do you really think it's over? I mean, it's 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 prevalent in, let's say, youth. Like youth all over the world, rap and hip-hop is still one of their number one sounds. Another big one is EDM nowadays. Um, and what? What, what? EDM? EDM, electronic what? dance music. Techno... You know, techno, uh, yeah, 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 side but more, trance, more, all that. More, more, more in the funk direction. Yeah. Well, or that's, I mean, particularly in Germany, you know, in Berlin and stuff, you know, it's like, it's the sound of urban, it's the sound of urban youth. But uh, anyway, something has changed to a very big degree. Music has been unhooked from social identity like it was in the past. Because... You know, black people can talk about, you know, rap music that, you know, they originated it and all that stuff. Fair play. They did. But for f here we are 40 years later. And I mean, uh, people all over the world practice and, and put out rap music. And it's kind of like you can't really say it's the sound, you know, it's it's 1000 percent connected and related to. You know, the black audience. I mean, yes, originally, but now is much different. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. I, I mean, yeah. But sometimes, if I think back, how it was like, like, uh, like Elvis Presley was one of the, the first one who who took took really the the, the 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 black blues music into a white rock and roll thing. Oh, it's, it's a little bit similar. Yeah, but also on the other, and you know, in a lot of a, a lot of discussion in the last several years has been yeah. about this idea, what's called appropriation. What is it? Now, uh, it's a big 
theme in in the in discussion in America particularly it's basically this idea about you know well in in so many words like white people white musicians taking black music making it their own and making a lot of money at it now this has been going on forever but on the other hand no one ever talks about the appropriation of black jazz musicians appropriating Tin Pan Alley Broadway musical songs to create the what they call the standard songbook of jazz. Yeah. So my I don't I mean this is be very controversial a discussion for me to get on in America if I was on Twitter with certain themes you know I would get I would get crucified. I'm a white dude called Kenny Dread. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would get they would tear me apart. And because it, and, it's 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 a new world now of policing political correct concepts. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, I, yeah. this is one where, obviously, I'm on the wrong side of the times. I believe that music, the growth of any art form, is always going to be appropriating the past and other cultures. It's inevitable. And Russia, if you try to police yeah. that, you're 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 yelling at a storm. You're yelling at the. It's impossible. This is 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 this general sway of criticism around what they call appropriation usually is talking about white musicians taking a black style and running with it and not honoring it or making a lot of money at it or something they did was wrong yeah, to do yeah. in the first place. Yeah. And all I can say is I just, I know it's very unpopular opinion, but I'm like, fuck y'all. That's a stupid thing to think about. Because yeah. then, if the minute you think about that, then there would, if there had been no white songwriters who wrote Tin Pan Alley and Broadway and movie musicals, there would have been no jazz. Sure, sure. No, no. I mean, I mean, and, and I must say, so who who I appropriated mean, who? I, I mean, I I would say as well that that uh, 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 that art in general sh should be open for everyone, you know, so, and it should be really inclusive that that everyone is is. Is entitled to to get inspired by other music, you know. So it was just in my case. I don't know what it was. I was I was quite young and and I was probably quite very politically correct, you know. That I said no, I'm not I'm not gonna taking over the rap in order to use it for 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 to integrate it in my Germ German culture, you know. But it's okay. I mean, I'm like I say, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't criticize it. Not 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 really, you know. So because. I think that uh, otherwise we start with censorship, and uh, as soon as censorship starts, we lost democracy. You know. Well, and that gets us on to sampling. You know, uh, I, you know, digit. You were talking about uh, you know digital shamanism, and um, you know the whole problem now of sampling. Yeah. Where Uh, is sampling you can't even sample anymore because it's too expensive to sample i've heard that yes but i think i believe sampling should be legal uh, or sampling should be 
um, just like just like you can't help but be influenced by music from other times and other cults, other cultures, even though, I mean, let's face it, the, the, yes, there's a big difference between African-American and, you know, urban white, uh, you know, hipster culture in America, but there's a lot of overlap too. They're, they're, they're still urban Americans. So other races, other cultures, other whatever. But the thing about sampling a groove or a beat or a bit of a recording you like it now you can't do it hardly unless you're a billionaire unless you're a super super rock star is the only way you can pay the money to get a sample is this law new i mean it was it was it was one was entitled as long as it didn't uh went longer than three or four notes or something like this i don't i remember hearing about that rule but i don't ever remember It coming into practice. I do know that a German court uh, ruled against Kraftwerk for two 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 beats. Cluck yeah. cluck cluck cluck. Yeah. Some rap German rap group took literally cluck cluck. That's it. Two beats, All two right. seconds Fr from Kraftwerk. from a Kraftwerk song. That yeah. it was in the German courts for ten years, and finally the judge ruled, gave it to the kids and against craft work so yeah. but that's still a big precedent because so what i believe is that everyone should have the right to sample but take you care of pay. the microphone <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> don't worry yeah i'm getting excited it's, uh, it's yeah easy. it's fine it's great i i believe everybody should have a right to sample but within like legal um way to do it yeah like you, you got to pay but you can do it Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think there must there must be something like stock sampling, isn't it? Big time, yeah. There's stock sampling that's huge, and then there's the, this other thing that they call replay. So what replay is is you can hire a really really great studio musicians and engineers yeah. to just make it sound almost exactly like the sample you're sampling. Like they got all the old sure. mics, they got you know they got the old drum set. They they they're scientists at it. They'll get the old amp, the old guitar, the that's old mic, a, uh, and and they'll make it almost identical. You know, they'll, they'll, you, look, no one's ever gonna know. They'll get the guy uh, who can play it just like the original, and that's called replay. And it's still you may pay three thousand dollars, but it's it still is. a lot cheaper than uh, if you really uh, want to do it. It's cheaper. Than getting the sample. I would say now. I mean, nowadays, uh, if you take Ableton for instance. You know, and you have already. You can get so many get splice for instance. You know, if if you need this or that, you know, you're gonna go to splice, and you almost get already every sample you want. You know, I mean, it yes. is yes, it is, and unfortunately, it's not not like. Ah, oh, I love, I love, I would like to sample this from this record. I mean, it is a different feeling, isn't it, than 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 getting a sample which is which is not really an organic sample, you know? Somehow, you know, it is like like drinking drinking wine out of plastic bottles. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's because the interesting thing about sampling from like a, a record that is out there is that you're also often You know, you, you're you're referring to it historically too. Sure. 
or some not every single time. Sometimes it's just it sounds really good. Nobody even knows what the sample is. Nobody cares. But a lot of times you're getting this funky meta reality where you can hear that it's the sample. You know the song it's sampling from, and that song's reverberating in your consciousness, and the new song is happening too. Like, like when um, when Eminem sampled Dido. Yeah. You know, it's like he put a little of the Dido song in, and then he rapped through the rest of it. So it's really like two songs together, like her song and his song, were like all weaving together. I you know. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. I'm- I, I I was wondering actually yeah yeah right that's, that's, I mean it's it it is amazing it is amazing I mean I, I could talk with you about the subject until tomorrow as well we already are at the end of our second part. okay well uh, uh, we're gonna take up we're gonna we're gonna see you next time yeah so we are flying always the same you know but but it is twenty uh, twenty minutes is still the the the, the short attention span span. Is, is is already there, so that's great. Hey, I thank you for having you in this show. It's really a pleasure to talk with you about things like that. And uh, I see you, hopefully, in the Serpa. Um, dear listeners, uh, if you um, want to listen to 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 um, to the music from Kenny, uh, you're more than welcome uh, to look on the um, description. We will put everything in it, you know, and you can probably click them to to videos as well and and all that. And this 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 show will be as well on YouTube, so you can see both of us as well live if you want. <laughs> hey, Kenny, have a lovely okay. day. Take care. I'll see you. I'll see you next time. Bye bye. I see you soon. Bye bye. This is a listener-supported show. I feel honored if you subscribe to the show. You can follow me non-financial with the following click on one of my Instagram accounts or subscribe the visual version of this podcast on YouTube via the link below. If you like what you hear, be sure to tune in this Sunday for the third part of this Attitude Audio Triptych. If you want to leave a donation for a coffee or a bus ticket, just follow the donation link via the Attitude Podcast account. Eventually, I would like to thank, through this medium, all my members and listeners of the I Love West Cork Artists Network from all over the world. Just to remember myself that without you, this year couldn't and wouldn't happen. You have listened to Artitude, West Cork's first art, fashion and design podcast. Artitude, never so close again. Ah! That was too close.